Well, tonight we're going to be looking at uh, a scripture passage together and discussing them around your tables. And I want to say, first of all, that uh, it's been striking to me as I was reading 2 Corinthians, uh, came to chapter 1, verse 24, and it, Paul, it, there Paul says that we are workers for your joy. And that's been a, a striking thought to me recently, just to, to think about what's my job as a pastor. And maybe that's not the only thing, but I like that, you know, that my responsibility is to be a worker for your joy. How's that sound? That sound good tonight? So that's what I'm going to try to do. I'm going to try to do some work for your joy tonight. Um, there's, we're going to look at Psalm 27. You see the handouts that we have. And in just a few moments, we're going to look around the table to one another and to the Word and answer some, dis some discussion questions. And then we'll come back together, and I'll come back up front, and we'll entertain some uh, comments that you have on what you've discovered. But before we do that, I want to read a little bit by C.S. Lewis in his book called Reflection on the Psalms. And he keys in on this idea of delighting in God. And I think that's what's going to be, be the best bringer of joy to you tonight is if you can stoke up that fire for Christ, that delight in God. And so let me read a little bit from uh, C.S. Lewis. He says, the, the most obvious fact about praise, whether of God or anything, strangely escaped me. I thought of it in terms of uh, compliment or approval or giving honor. I had never noticed that all enjoyment spontaneously overflows into praise unless shyness or the fear of boring others is deliberately brought in to check it. The world rings with praise. Lovers praising their mistresses, readers their favorite poet, walkers praising the countryside, players praising their favorite game. Praise of weather, wines, dishes, actors, motors, horses, colleges, countries, historical personages, Children, flowers, mountains, rare stamps, rare beetles, even sometimes politicians and scholars. And you can throw in there baseball cards and Hot Wheels, right? He says, I had not noticed either that just as men spontaneously praise what they value, so they spontaneously urge us to join them in praising it. They'll say things like, isn't she lovely? Wasn't it glorious? Don't you think that magnificent? The psalmists, in telling everyone to praise God, are doing what all men do when they speak of what they care about. My whole more general difficulty about the praise of God depended upon my absurdly denying to us as regards to the supremely valuable what we delight to do what we indeed can't help doing about everything else we value. And here comes the most important part. I think we delight to praise what we enjoy. Because the praise not merely expresses, but completes the enjoyment. It is its appointed consummation. 
It is not out of compliment that lovers keep on telling one another how beautiful they are. The delight is incomplete until it is expressed. You're not praising God if you're not enjoying God. And that's what so many people miss. So tonight, as we study Psalm 27, I want you to see what it's like for a person to enjoy God and see how it helps him with the goal that you will more enjoy God tonight and that it will help you in your life. So go ahead and take those uh, sheets that have been distributed and those table leaders uh, start off with getting somebody to read Psalm 27 and then uh, lead them through those questions. Well, I'm sorry to start to wrap things up here. You sound like you're having a great discussion. Has your, enjoy, your joy increased any tonight? I hope so as you look at God's Word and meditate upon it and discuss it. Uh, I'd love to hear you share some of what you've discovered tonight. What's encouraged you? Uh, what maybe a couple of thoughts that you've had from your particular discussion? Anybody want to start out with us? Yes, Kyle or... <laughs> you can volunteer other people to share you other. Yeah, so uh, that's, that's great, you know, just the encouragement to wait, to be strong, to trust, and, and you don't know what the answer is going to be, but he says, I, I know I'm going to see the goodness of the Lord, right, in the land of living. Uh, we thought it was interesting how uh, he's surrounded by all these enemies, and so you're surrounded by enemies, you think, well, I could die, but he's, he's confident he's going to see the goodness of the Lord before he dies in the land of the living in some way. What else? Yes, Brett. Yeah, just the like the example of, of Mary there who it's so easy for us to get so distracted by so many things and there's really that one thing, that concept of one thing, Jesus, right? He's the one to focus on. Yeah. He's the hub of the wheel, right? All the spokes and the wheel is out there just kind of flying around without a hub, but the hub pulls it back together and gives it a center. Yes?
you're looking forward to seeing Jesus. So to live is Christ and to die is gain, right? Okay, amen. Others? Anybody over here? Tom. So just gives the quality of the relationship with Jesus. You know, you want to want to dwell with Him all the days of your life. You know, just keep that relationship going, worshiping Him, focus on Him. John. Well, when you know the Lord, it gives you a peace and confidence in everything that you do, despite all the difficulties you face. You can go forward from that, and you give Him great praise and worship out of that. John speaks of the, if you can hear him over here, he speaks of this relationship with the Lord that gives you peace and confidence. You go forward and worship. And really it's important, isn't it, to, to have that relationship, that focus. Yes, Bill. Resting in Him, you're at peace. He's in control. He's, yeah. Does anybody have any of those distractions or worries or anxieties? Oh. <laughs> These kind of thoughts help, don't they? Any other? Anybody else want to share? Yes, uh, Mary. I think one thing I was considering as I was meditating on this earlier was that it's not so much that we're thinking about all those things, but it's what we're not thinking of that makes those things a problem. So if we have first Christ as our one thing, then we can think about all those things and keep them in perspective and perhaps keep them balanced and that sort of thing. Anybody else? Yes, Hayward. Um, we talked a little bit about how even in the midst of, like you said, when David was encompassed all around him by the enemies, there's a, a boldness that he had to lift up his eyes to his Savior and know that he was going to be delivered. And I think today it's, it's great to have that promise and that confidence to know that we can do the same, that even when we're going through hardships um, and it seems like the world is collapsing around us, when we still look at our, we lift up our eyes and look to our Savior, He will deliver us. And we were saying it may not be tomorrow, it may not be next month, a year, but there will be a deliverance that will come, and it's because of the work that He's doing in our lives. Um, so it, it's a great confidence to have that. That's good. So, hey, we're just talking about a boldness and a confidence that we can have, even if we can't see how He's going to answer, right? I, we talked about the, the verse in Ephesians 3, 20, 21, where... Um, Paul says, now to, whom, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or think, 
it's interesting, you know, David, he's praying, and he's got enemies against him, but how many times did God answer David and destroy his enemies and give him victory and protect him? Uh, you, we might not even imagine that that's going to happen, but God answers in ways we can't even think. Yes? Amen. So it, it takes your anxieties away. She gave many examples of things that you can have fear and anxiety over, parenting and, and finances and decision-making, whether you're making the right decision, things like that. That's right. Any others? Yes. Okay. Focusing on that. <laughs> the Lord was showing me that I was entering into a suffering like He did. And, mm. and when He cried out to God, God said, No, you're going to suffer through this. And He said, Yes, I will. And He was showing me that. But through all of that, even though I did not, I kept my pain the whole time, the nearness of God was my good. Hmm. And um, when, it, when it ended up, I realized it was all for my good, and it was good. And um, it was a wonderful thing that it happened in my suffering because mm -hmm. the nearness of God was good. That's a great testimony. The nearness of God was your good. You know, I found myself uh, one time going through some physical ailments and also some family problems and stuff and just on my bed just sobbing before the Lord and but just saying you know but Lord this is good you know a lot of times when you're going through trials when you're going through pain and suffering you're you're brought to that down to that one thing and you see how whatever God has you going through that is good there's so many things good about it that it, it and if nothing else that it draws you to the most important relationship, but then he, he refines you, he, he sharpens you, he sanctifies you, makes you more like Jesus. Okay, well, I hope this has been for your joy, and thanks for working together for that with me tonight. Let's pray. Lord, there's been so much that we've seen in your word tonight, and we pray that you would help us to approach 
having you as our one thing and being single-minded in our devotion to you, there would be a pure and simple devotion that we would meditate upon you and that we would be moved to singing and rejoicing and giving thanks and that we would anticipate seeing the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, and that we would wait on you, that we would be encouraged that you are our refuge and our strength and our strong tower, that we would be devoted to you, that we would see that it is wonderful to sit at the feet of Jesus and learn, that we would see that the nearness of God is our good. And Lord, as we think of these things, we pray that all of the things around us that we might be distracted by or worry over or anxious of, that these things would kind of fade away in their urgency and their complication and that we would have peace. We pray that we would pray for one another and give requests to one another so we can see how you act and how you answer beyond all we ask or imagine and that you will be glorified. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.